Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord our God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our world sure has changed a lot in the past couple of months. I think back just to February, just seven weeks ago, and our casinos were thriving, unemployment was low, our children were going to school, and our pews were pretty full. Our lives have changed so much, our world has changed so much in just a few short weeks. And with these changes has brought an increase in anxiety and in fear. Not that we didn't have reason for anxiety and fear before. In his book, The Science of Fear, Daniel Gardner says that we are the wealthiest and healthiest and longest living people in history, and yet we are increasingly afraid. And of course, there are lots of reasons that we might be afraid. We think about the impact that terrorism has had upon our lives. We have reason to be afraid. We think about the impact of mass shootings, even here in Las Vegas on October 1. That impact causes us anxiety and fear. We think about global warming and its impact upon our lives. And there are lots of reasons that we have to be afraid. And we add to that the pandemic with its impact upon global health, its impact upon financial stability, its impact upon our lives, and anxiety and fear have continued to grow. And what do we do in response to this anxiety and fear? Well, our, our natural reaction is either fight or flight. We have heard it said that we're at war with this pandemic, which is our fight mechanism. But it's hard to fight something we can't see, something we don't know how to deal with. And so we look for some way to win some kind of a battle, to take control over something, filling our shelves, making certain that we have plenty of toilet paper and rice and beans in the house. So, so much of our response to COVID-19 is rooted in anxiety and fear. Fear that we don't have control over what's going to happen in the days to come. Fear that there won't be enough. Fear that somebody we love will become ill or that we will become ill. In a time like this, how do we live unafraid with courage and with hope? In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks about anxiety and fear. As he says, why do you worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear? God knows that you need those things. Trust in God. Focus on God, on God's righteousness. Those things take their proper place. Trust in God. Easier said than done. I mean, we can choose to trust in God, but still the toilet paper shelves are empty. Still the COVID-19 cases continue to grow. So how do we make sense out of a passage of Scripture like this? How does it become meaningful to us in a time of high anxiety and of fear? Did you know 
that in the Bible, fear is spoken of more than 400 times. And the phrase, do not be afraid, is one of the most common phrases in all the Bible. A group of women gather at the empty tomb, and they're afraid. They're afraid because death is all around them. They're afraid because of what human beings are capable of doing. They're afraid because the tomb is empty and they don't understand what has happened. And there, in the midst of their fear, right before the first rays of sunrise, a word pierces the darkness. Remember that word? Do not be afraid. It took the women a little while to understand why that was the word that was spoken. But they came to understand why. Because of resurrection. Because God had raised Jesus from the dead. Because of Easter. Crucifixion represents the worst of humankind. Resurrection is the power of God. The power of love over fear the power of life over death. And it's this power of God that gives us hope, hope in the face of death itself, hope in the face of a pandemic, hope in the face of financial insecurity, hope in the face of whatever it is that we face this day. We have our hope. This is Easter and the Easter promise. Now, as we continue to follow the story of Jesus' resurrection through the gospel, we see that soon after, the disciples encounter the risen Christ. And as soon as they encounter the risen Christ, their lives begin to change. Just days before, they lived in fear. Remember, they ran off and hid when Jesus was arrested. But days after, 50 days after on the day of Pentecost, they stepped out onto the streets of Jerusalem unafraid with courage and with hope. Unafraid with courage and with hope. And it's not that their circumstances had changed. It was just as dangerous for them then as it had been before. But their perspective in the midst of their circumstances, that had changed. So, too, their understanding of what was most important in life. They had experienced resurrection. They had experienced Easter. So they knew that their future belonged to God. Their future belonged to God, and God is good, and God is trustworthy. And this is what Jesus was talking about in Matthew chapter 6, when he says not to worry, that our future, it belongs to God, and God is good, and God is trustworthy. So trust in God. Of course, trust isn't something that we can just turn on, you know, like turning on a light switch and poof, it's there. We can decide to trust in God, but that doesn't mean that there won't be times where we struggle a little bit with our trust. In 1 John, we hear that perfect love casts out all Fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. The perfect love of God is at work in our lives, growing us in our faith, growing us in our love, increasing our trust as little by little, this perfect love of God is helping the anxiety and the fear of our lives to diminish. Here's another way to think about it. 
If I were to ask you this question, do you trust in God? How would you answer? If you're like me, after thinking about it a little bit, you might say, well, yeah, I trust in God most of the time. Sometimes, maybe not so much. Sometimes it's a little harder. And if I were to ask you to describe those times when, it, when you find it hardest to trust in God, you might very well describe times when the circumstances of life are particularly difficult, when you're going through really rough times. Times where we have anxiety and fear. Our anxiety and our fear points to our need for God. Let me say that again. Our anxiety, our fear points to our need for God. And our anxiety and our fear reminds us that God is not finished with us yet. God isn't finished with us yet. God is still at work in our lives. That perfect love continuing to grow us in faith and in love, strengthening our trust until that day when that anxiety and that fear diminishes. And this is good news for people like me. I mean, this is encouraging. It's hopeful to know that the day will come when I'll be less anxious, less afraid because of the grace of God. The day will come when I'll be more courageous and more hopeful. This is the work of God. But now remember how it is that God works in our lives. God works within a covenant. We call it the new covenant that God has established. God invited us to be a part of this new covenant. And in this covenant, we make promises to God and God makes promises to us. We promise to try to be faithful. God promises to lead us. We promise to focus on our spiritual life. God promises to meet us in our spiritual practices to grow us in faith and in love. And so when it comes to talking about the anxiety and the fear of difficult times like this, it's important to remember that God meets us in our spiritual practices. That perfect love starts to cast out that anxiety and that fear. So I want to suggest to you two simple spiritual practices. Two simple spiritual practices that God will meet us in and grow us in our faith and in our love, ultimately diminishing our anxiety and our fear. The first is simply to read and recite Scripture. Many of you know that I know the exact moment when God healed me of my fear of preaching. And in that moment, there were verses of Scripture running through my mind that I had memorized. With God on our side, what is there to fear? Or my favorite from Isaiah 43, verse 1, if my life passage, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine, says the Lord. Isaiah 43 goes on to say, When you walk through the deepest waters, when you walk through the fire, I will be with you. Which means that difficult times, difficult circumstances in life will continue to come. 
They'll continue to come. And there will be times in our lives where we may even become overwhelmed by the circumstances of life. But in the midst of those times, God is with us. And our God is a God of perfect love. And that perfect love starts to cast out our fears and our anxieties. Not that we'll get through the difficult times unscathed. We know that's not the case. We're mortal human beings. We hurt. We bleed. We become ill. One day, each and every one of us will die. But in the midst of whatever the circumstances of life might be, no matter what the circumstance, God is with us. And God's presence is that perfect love that will cast out our anxiety and our fear. God with us also means that our future belongs to God and God is good. There is resurrection. So here's what I'm thinking for that very first spiritual practice. To choose one or two verses of scripture about fear and to memorize them. Now, there's over 400 to choose from, so there's going to be one or two that are just right for you. Maybe it'll be one of them that was read earlier in this worship service. Maybe it'll be one of those that I just read a few, or just recited a few moments ago. Or maybe it'll be from Isaiah 43, verse 10. Do not be afraid. I am with you. Do not be afraid. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you in my mighty right hand. There's wonderful scriptures about fear. Memorize one of them. If you don't know where to look to find them, you've got a great tool in your computer. Google. Just simply Google Bible passages about fear. A whole bunch of them are going to show up. Read them. Pray about them. Choose one or two. Memorize them. Right now might be the perfect time. Maybe you have a little bit more time now than you did a couple of months ago. Memorize that verse and then each day recite that verse of Scripture. As you recite that, scripture, that verse of Scripture, that simple practice gives God something to work with as God continues to grow us in our faith, to grow us in our love, to strengthen our trust even as that perfect love is diminishing our anxieties and our fears. But now here's a second practice. Another simple, simple practice, and that is simply to sing praise to God. Now that might seem like a strange practice when it comes to dealing with anxiety and fear in our lives. But when it comes to singing praise to God, just that practice of singing praise to God impacts the physiology of our fight and flight response. It quiets the fight and flight response. And it quiets how it is that we can think about worse things yet to come. When I sing, Christ the Lord is risen today, hallelujah, it's kind of hard to be afraid. When I sing, in the garden, he walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way, it's kind of hard to be afraid. 
when I sing a verse from Amazing Grace, this wonderful third verse of Scripture, or from Amazing Grace. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. When I sing those words, it's hard to be afraid. When I sing, great is thy faithfulness, O God, our Father, morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness. It's hard to feel anxious. When we sing praise to God, when we recite scriptures, God meets us in that, those simple practices, grows us in our faith, increases our love, starts to strengthen our trust, and it's that perfect love of God that starts to diminish our anxieties and our fears so that we can come to claim the fullness of the promise that is Easter, that we have no reason to be afraid. Do not be afraid. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.